ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Teachers can be some of the most influential people in our lives. Thank you again, Mrs Smith, for fanning my passion for language and teaching us all those Latin roots that definitely set me on a path. But how important is it for children to see themselves in the classroom as well, to have teachers who are like them or understand their cultural background? Australia's teachers mostly do not reflect the rich diversity of our population, but if they did, we might see better outcomes for all children. Suzanne Rice is an Associate Professor in the Graduate School of Education at Melbourne University. She'd like to see diversity included as an indicator of quality in teaching. Suzanne, great to have you on the program. Thanks very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure. In what areas are we lacking diversity in our teacher workforce at the moment? Okay, so, so there are a number of ways in which our teacher workforce doesn't reflect the general population. We know that, for example, um, teachers with uh, people with disability constitute about 17% of the population. Uh, it's only about 6% of teachers. 3% of the population is Indigenous, only 2% of teachers. We have um, lower numbers of people coming in from rural and regional backgrounds to come into teaching than urban people. Uh, we have fewer men. We don't know about LGBTIQ. We don't have the data on that as far as I'm aware. Uh, so there are lots of different ways in which... Um, oh, language background other than English is another big one. About 33% uh, of our Australian population, but only about 22% of the teaching population. So it doesn't really reflect who we are as a community. Do we know about socioeconomic background as well? Yes, we do. Um, again, it's about 33% of people would be classified by the OECD as low economic status, but only about um, 22% of those entering teacher education courses. So again, there's that lack of alignment between who we are and what our teaching workforce looks like, who they are. Yeah. So a lot of kids are not seeing themselves reflected mm, by their right. authority figures and these founts of information at the front of the classroom. Why is that a problem? Look, it's an issue in a number of ways because we know that um, it can help address some of the long-standing equity issues that we've had in education. So we do know, as you've mentioned uh, before, that it can improve achievement uh, amongst underrepresented groups. So that, for example, there's been a lot of research in the States that show that if you've got more black teachers in a school, that improves achievement, both for black kids, but there's starting to be, um, to be research evidence to show that it also improves achievement for children who are not black. Let's drill down into that yeah. a bit more. I mean, I'm assuming that it, it, uh, it encourages achievement in the kids from those underrepresented groups that they see reflected in their teacher because they're uh, more able to perhaps um, aim for something. Is that what's going on? Yeah, look, there are a number of mechanisms that have been proposed theoretically and they're now, again, building research that, that is backing this up. So the sorts of things that come out are obviously... There's the role model, there's the fact that you can see an, an example of academic success in front of you who's from your group and say, actually, I could be that. Um, that's an important part. There's evidence that they tend to have higher expectations of st students from the underrepresented group. Um, for example, black teachers are more likely to um, recommend black students for gifted programs in the States. So they will have higher expectations, less likely to... Um, see discipline problems and handle discipline problems in different ways. They form a cultural bridge to the communities, which is really important. So um, they can kind of scaffold education scaffold through parents and community through members. Parents and, and also there's the fact that they can help. We don't 
often realise how middle class our schooling structures are and they can help students navigate cultures and structures that might feel really unfamiliar to them. So for all of those reasons, and the other thing that they, they can do too is build staff knowledge around the group, So, um, which is part of why we're talking about this notion of diversity as an aspect of quality, that it's not something we just cater for as an extra, it's something that actually builds the quality of what schools are doing. Let's talk briefly to Suzanne Rice about why it helps kids from the non-minority backgrounds as well. What does the research start to show about that? I don't think we really know. They've just started to to explore that and find that that can be the case. And so I don't think we really understand quite what the mechanisms might be. It, it may be that as um, as students from the minority group start performing more, that raises the standard across the whole group. We're not really sure at the moment. We're also seeing a significant teacher shortage, Suzanne, as we're all very familiar with. And the look on your face was like, oh, God, yes. Of course. (laughs) Would this help with that if we recruited more teachers from diverse backgrounds? I think there are a number of obvious things that we need to be doing in terms of things like teacher workload and so on. Uh, Australia has long-standing staffing challenges to do with rural and remote schools and with lower socioeconomic urban schools, which have always been the hardest to staff. This goes back decades. It's it's nothing new. Um, what we do find from some of the research is that, for example, uh, that we know that teachers ha- have a tendency to gravitate back to the, the types of places they grew up in, that if you, you train someone from rural and regional area, they're more likely to accept and to remain in a school. So you don't get that year-on-year turnover. So you're not getting that that churn and that turnover. And um, I think staffing policy across Australia has largely tended to focus on supply. So how do we plug the gaps? But this may be a way, and I'm not suggesting it's a full-on solution, but it may be one way to address some of those long-standing issues policymakers have had to grapple with as to how we staff our schools that are regional and remote and how we staff um, schools serving poorer urban populations. You mentioned before, Suzanne, some of the work being done overseas to gather data. Mm. Are there examples of programs being used there to attract and retain teachers from underrepresented groups that we could draw on here? Yes, definitely. There are all sorts of initiatives that have been going on. Probably the United States is the place where there's been a long-standing interest um, going back to the 80s and 90s on increasing the number of black uh, teachers. And so there have been programs there that are things like Grow Your Own Initiatives where you get um, you get someone who's working in a school already, for example, as an admin assistant, as a teacher's aide, those sorts of things, scaffold them, provide them with financial and other supports into teaching. They've already shown their interest in education by taking a job in a school. They understand how schools work, school culture, and there is evidence that this can both increase the diversity and... Um, start to tackle some of those staffing problems. Are you also taking someone from a traditionally lower paid area and helping them progress? Absolutely. So, yes, a win in that regard as well. Yep. So you're, you're increasing the diversity on show in the classroom, but you're also making structural change. Yes, that's right. So uh, are there any programs running here in Australia that try and uh, replicate those outcomes? Yes, we do. We, we do have um, some initiatives. There's probably, I think, capacity for more, But there are examples of, for example, the Rural Area Teacher Education Program in Queensland, which is about growing people on site and building them up into teachers. The Northern Territory has had an Indigenous um, 
pathway, if you like, that allows people, Indigenous people working in schools to gradually build qualifications towards becoming a teacher. And I think we have some of those things. I think we could probably do with more. Most of what we've got tends to be focused on Indigenous and it would be great to see a stronger focus on some of those other areas that we've discussed in the report, like teachers with disability, um, people from lower SES backgrounds, people from rural areas with a specific focus on the rural. So, Suzanne, you're saying that those programs work as far as they go, but we just need to expand them? Or do we need more more data on how well and how effective those programs are? Look, I think it's interesting that um, a lot of the, the research tends to show that we don't do perhaps enough evaluation about how effective programs are, um, that we tend to put in place staffing initiatives but don't really evaluate them rigorously. So I think it's probably the answer is yes to both. Yep. We're speaking with Associate Professor Suzanne Rice, who's a researcher in the Graduate School of Education at Melbourne University, looking at what would increase the diversity of students, uh, sorry, of teachers, uh, which helps the outcomes for all students, apparently, not just students in the minority groups represented by those teachers. Well, if we're able to attract more teachers from minority groups, you talked about the challenges of attracting and retaining. Yes. How inclusive, accessible, culturally safe are our educational institutions at the moment? Look, it's probably not a question I I necessarily feel qualified to answer. I think there's certainly things that we could do better. Um, I think we need to be looking at how we can make them very much safe places and we need to be drawing on the voices of people from minority groups to be informing policy in this regard. Certainly, um, there are initiatives. New South Wales Department of Education has just put out a diversity guide. Victoria now has one on, you know, how do you ensure that Indigenous teachers um, are feeling comfortable in a school setting, those types of things. I think there's growing awareness and it's our hope that our report will will push that along and, and help foster that um, in terms of helping people who are currently in schools recognise that that we operate in certain ways and it's not always easy to see other perspectives and those can be really useful in terms of making sure we cater for the full spectrum of kids as well as we can. You mentioned teacher workload needing to be reduced in the long term and I assume also teacher pay to go up so make it a more attractive position because I guess we're talking about the pipeline, aren't we? We're talking about kids in school looking up to teachers and going, do I want to do that? And kids at uni going, do I want to continue with this course? Yes, and look, teacher pay is an important one and we know that it does affect decisions to go into teaching, that people make comparative decisions about what could I what are the benefits I could get? Um, and I think sometimes it's easy with service professions like teaching and nursing. We know that people tend to go into them because they want to care about people, they want to see people grow. This, this is well documented in the teacher motivation literature. But it's important we don't, as a society, take advantage of that and say, well, you've got the emotional reward. Uh, we don't have to bother with with a really decent salary. So, yes, definitely a, a raise in teacher pay wouldn't hurt. And what else would you like to see, Suzanne, if we're going to take this issue seriously and try really hard to boost diversity amongst our teaching workforce, what would you like to see change? I think um, key to our thinking on this was this notion of diversity as a, an aspect of quality, that we need to be thinking of diversity as a plus, not something, oh gosh, we have to cater for someone who's got a disability, but that this person will bring perspectives that will enrich what we're offering, that will increase um, 
the amb- ambitions and achievement of our students who've got disabilities and schools have um, numerous students in most schools, that they'll be a role model, that they'll be able to um, help other staff learn, they'll expand what the school is doing. And I think for me that would be um, my number one wish, I suppose. I think there's certainly more that can be done in policy terms and I certainly think we need to be getting better data on this and making sure that we are tracking it and understanding how well does this reflect who we are as a society and moving towards that. And as you said before, if teachers from minority backgrounds can build relationships within those minority communities around the school, that can only help the school community as a whole. Absolutely, yes. Associate Professor Suzanne Rice, very illuminating chatting with you today. Thank you for your time. Thanks very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Suzanne is a researcher in the Graduate School of Education at Melbourne University, and she has a keen interest in how we're recruiting, training and retaining teachers. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.